welcome to the Good Fight Sports Podcast, your home for local sports here in the 574. Hello, everyone. This is Kenny from the Lugnuts Podcast Group. Um, we have some exciting news to share with you. Um, tune in April 16th uh, for that. Uh, we've been doing some revamping, and uh, we have something new to show you guys. Um, we've been working behind the scenes um, diligently and <laughs> really hard uh, since March to get this thing done. Uh, we've got it done, and uh, we're ready to present it to uh, you guys. So tune in again. April 16th is when we'll be launching uh that news for you guys. Uh, so, without further ado, let's get on with the Good Fight Sports Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Good Fight Sports Podcast. My name is Kenny Kramer, and uh, there is going to be no Brady this week. Um, things at uh, the church uh, that I go to right now are kind of hectic uh, with the um, Easter musical production that we're doing. Um, and so we just finished, um, practice for that. Um, so, and it, it ran late. Uh, so I told Brady that he could, you know, he can take the, uh, the week off for this week. Um, but anyway, uh, there's still sports news. It doesn't wait on us. Um, so we're going to jump right in, uh, to some breaking news, uh, in the area. Uh, so, we have three teams from uh, one of the biggest conferences up in Northern Indiana, the uh, Northern Indiana Conference. Uh, three teams have decided to leave the conference, um, those three teams being Bremen, Jimtown, and John Glenn. Uh, they have sent letters to the uh, um, administrators of the uh, NIC um, asking to leave the conference by 2024-25. Uh, uh, so the 2024-25 season will be the last year that um, those three teams will be a part of the NIC. Um, and this also comes after speculation and a lot of rumor uh, linked Bremen and uh, John Glenn to the Hoosier North uh, Athletic Conference. Um, this is the conference that LaVille uh, is a part of. Um, and that and that was shot down due to uh, Bremen not being able to join the conference. Um, everyone who voted um, did not vote Bremen in at all. Uh, there were several other chances for Bremen to join, and those got shot down as well. So um, Bremen and John Glenn joining the Hoosier North is not happening. Um, so three teams from the NIC will be looking for, uh, new homes, uh, in the 2024-25 season. Um, also Tippecanoe Valley has put in, um, a letter asking to leave, uh, the Three Rivers Conference by 2024-2025. Uh, so that now makes four teams from Northern Indiana, now looking for a new uh, a new home. Um, and and Tippecanoe Valley was also kind of linked to the Hoosier North 
uh, f- for making the conference. Uh, it would make it a, a 12-team conference with six division with two divisions, uh, six teams in both, and football only. Um, but that has now um, been nixed due to the fact um, that um, Tippy Valley has left the uh, Three Rivers Conference. Um, now, uh, to the bigger news, LaVille and Knox are also leaving the Hoosier North Athletic Conference. Um, this comes after being in that conference for now seven years. Um, and it, this was this, uh, the fact that LaVille was leaving was more of a bigger shock to me because LaVille has seen a lot of success uh, in the Hoosier North. Um, from my from my uh, calculations and from what I've seen, um, LaVille has won 16 conference championships in the Hoosier North. Um, and, and those conference championships are in all sports. Um, and that is and that, that's been in a seven year frame. LaVille has won 16 uh, conference championships, the most recent recent of which has been, uh, football uh, when LaVille went 10-0 and 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 won the Hoosier North and won um, I believe seven games uh, in that in in the conference as well um, so this, this this is a big surprise um, also um, just the fact that the Hoosier North was a small school um, conference a conference that really benefited LaVille and played to uh, their size um, in the old NIC in the old uh, Northern State Conference, which LaVille was a part of up until 2014. Um, it was a big school uh, league. Uh, if you didn't know who was in that conference, it was Bremen, John Glenn, Jimtown, New Prairie, Culver, Triton, um, LaVille. Um, let's see. Uh, Knox. um there might be one more uh, if I didn't say Bremen. Uh, no, Bremen's Bremen was in, um, but yeah, it, it was it had it was a big school feel, uh, just to the fact that New Prairie was in there, and it really didn't benefit New Prairie uh, during football season, no less, to beat up on you know Laville, Triton, and uh, Culver all the time. Uh, they had some competition with uh, John Glenn and Jimtown. But other than that, it was basically New Prairie winning it in football almost every year. Uh, basketball really kind of was up in the air sometimes. Uh, John Glenn, though, came away with a lot of the conference championships. Um, LaVille did make it interesting um, some years, um, but for the most part, John Glenn really dominated the NSC. Uh, so the Hoosier North was really just a good benefit for LaVille. Uh, they had teams that were their size, and you know, LaVille saw success right away. Um, so now with this, um, if these th- if these six schools come together, which all, all, all signs point to, uh, that actually happening. Uh, LaVille would be, uh, again, the smallest school uh, enrollment-wise. Um, and so we'll see. 
So as of right now, if those teams were to make a new conference today, uh, it would be Bremen, Jimtown, John Glenn, Knox, LaVille, and Tippecanoe Valley. Uh, those are the six schools. Um, my guess is, one, they are looking for a couple more teams to join. Um, and we'll get into that here in a little bit. Um, and my other guess is the name of that conference will most likely be the Northern State Conference, uh, just because that name is not being used. And a lot of the old members of the Northern State um, are in the conference as well. Um, the old members being uh, Bremen, Jimtown, John Glenn, Knox, and LaVille. Um, so the other teams that are um, linked to um, this new conference, um, and I will, I will say uh, nothing official has been um, brought, uh, has been made public yet. Um, so all of this is pure speculation and things that I've read and heard. Uh, so the first, the first one, um, Fairfield is linked to this new conference. Uh, Fairfield is a part of the North, uh, Northeast corner conference. Um, and they are almost just South of Goshen. Basically, basically they are in Goshen, um, so they are they they are linked to this new conference. Uh, if they were to join, uh, their longest trip uh, to play would uh, be Knox, um, and there would probably be some sort of rule that you know um, whenever uh, Fairfield and Knox play, um, mostly for basketball season, uh, they would probably play maybe Friday or on a Saturday. Uh, just so that um, the students don't have to um, get home at around, you know, midnight and then have to wake up at 6 in the morning for school. Uh, that would be my best guess. But again, all of this is pure speculation. Um, the other school that has been linked to this conference uh, is Rochester. Um, they are, as of right now, uh, Rochester is a part of the Three Rivers Conference. Um, but it all sounds like Rochester is perfectly fine with staying in the Three Rivers Conference, uh, and they feel that they have set themselves um, on a good base to be competing for conference championships um, in the Three Rivers. So, um, again, all of that is pure speculation. Uh, I don't know anything official yet. Um, and, and really, all of this... At least from what I've heard about the whole Laville uh, ish, uh, part is this has been talked about for a while now, um, and it has just now been made uh, public and made official. Um, but a lot of this, there was a lot of talk behind closed doors is what I've heard. Um, and it, I guess I'm, I'm not surprised um, that Laville left just because um, it travel time um, for mostly three schools, um, Pioneer, Winnemac, and North Judson. Um, those three teams, at least from LaVille, are almost an hour away, with Pioneer being the furthest school 
that Laville would have to that Laville had to play. Um, and I, I I heard from um, different sources that uh, Laville um, tried to set um, for for basketball wise. Well, I'll, I'll use basketball a lot uh, for basketball. Uh, Laville wanted to play Pioneer on Friday and Saturday nights uh, on weekends. That way, kids didn't have to wake up early for school and all that stuff. Um, but that was kind of, it wasn't really nixed. It was just forgotten about, uh, and, and no one ever said anything about it. Um, so that was one of the things that uh, kind of, made LaVille kind of questioning, okay, all right, hey, um, is this something we want to continue or should we, you know, look for uh, a different home? Um, not saying that was the, the, the lead the lead issue, but it was one of those issues where it was, okay, you know, we're trying to get, we're kind of getting tired of playing Pioneer on a Wednesday night for boys basketball, uh, and that tip-off is 7.30, and then, you know, we have to drive all the way back home. So that puts it at about 11.30. Kids still need to get home. You know, you're looking at 11.45, midnight. And then you got to wake up for school at about 6.30. So you're not really getting a lot of sleep when you do that. Uh, so kids are tired during school and all that stuff. So uh, this new conference really benefits LaVille in that it's a lot of teams that are close by. Uh, the furthest trip uh, would be Knox for LaVille, um, and that's about a 30-minute drive um, there and back. Um, so with with this, um, you're probably wondering, well, how are, how are the conferences these teams are, are leaving? How will they be affected? Um, well, for one, the NIC will be just fine um, especially because in that conference now, the teams uh, would be Penn, Elkhart, uh, Mishawaka Marion, uh, and New Prairie, and then uh, the remaining South Bend schools, which is Washington, Clay, Riley, St. Joe, and Adams. So those schools are fine. Um, now, this, this does leave the NIC in kind of a, a pickle, because now there's nine teams instead of 12. So divisions would be are now are like, mm, how are we going to do this? Um, now, there is a solution to this, and it's kind of in the works, but there's been a lot of backlash on it. Um, the solution would be close uh, South Bend Clay. Uh, close it because there's really – no, Clay is not a good school. Let, let, I'll just be blunt. Um, it's not a good school. There's been it's it's one of those where it's just it's just not good. And there's been talks for quite a while now. Do we do we do we shut down a South Bend school? Um, and if you would shut one down, which one would it be? South Bend Clay, um, Adams. I would say it's probably the best one. Um, from what I've heard, it's one of the better South Bend schools. Uh, Washington's getting better. Riley is okay. Uh, and St. Joe. St. Joe is a Catholic school, so I think they're doing all right. Um, and if they close South Bend Clay, 
Um, that would make the total teams in the NIC uh, eight, and you can do four and four in a division for football if you wanted to, um, and I think they would just because you would have a lot of bigger schools and you would have big schools and small schools. So you would want to kind of give uh, all the teams a fair a fair chance to win a conference title. Um, and it's so. And if they did that, the the rain the remain the remaining four schools uh, for South Bend would be Adams, Riley, St. Joe, and Washington. Um, and South Bend is not going to consolidate into two schools, um, just for the fact that South Bend is kind of a big city. Um, I know that Elkhart did it, and it seems like it's working for Elkhart. Um, but South Bend, I don't see that working for South Bend nor do I ever see that even being considered by the school board for South Bend. Um, so now uh, the Three Rivers Conference. Uh, the Three Rivers Conference um, is, I wouldn't say they're in a, in a hole, but they're going to be looking. Uh, they're definitely going to be looking for another team to add. Um, and, and, and on that, Triton has been linked to um, – the Three Rivers Conference, and again, that is that it's not it's not official. Um, that is just pure speculation uh, and a lot of hearsay. Um, so again, Triton, Triton would be an okay fit, but um, a Three Rivers Conference is kind of a bigger. It's 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 not really a big conference, nor is it a small conference. It's it's kind of like right in the middle. Um, there, there's a lot of the three, there's a, a decent amount of three, a schools in the conference. Uh, there are some small teams, uh, in North Miami, Northfield and Southwood. Those are the smaller schools, uh, with the bigger school being, uh, Peru. I th believe that's the biggest school that there is in the three rivers conference. Um, and I've also heard that the Hoosier North, um, if that does stay together and if they do keep it as the Hoosier North, um, is definitely taking a big hit. Um, you lose LaVille, uh, who again won 16 conference championships in seven years um, and was one of the founding members of the conference. Um, you're, you're losing... You're losing a lot of talent. Um, and you're losing Knox as well, who is also very competitive in the conference. Um, they they won seven champ the conference championships in seven years. So you're in total, you're losing twenty three conference championships in those two schools alone. Um, which is kind of a big hit. Now they're also looking at um adding Rochester, but again, Rochester seems to be fine, like I said, in the Three Rivers Conference, so I don't see Rochester leaving. Uh, North Miami, who's also in the Three Rivers Conference, has been linked to the Hoosier North. Um, they seem like a likely uh, choice to join, uh, but nothing official has been made yet, um, so that that is pure speculation. Um and unfortunately for both Triton and Culver, uh, they are the only rivals um, from the uh, old Northern State Conference left uh, in the in the HNAC. 
Laville and Knox with with Laville and Knox both leaving, uh, their other rival the rivalries are up in the air at this point. Um, that is, that's if Laville and Knox don't schedule them during the year. Uh, I'm pretty sure that they will. We'll have to see what the conference looks like um, and what teams Laville and, and Knox will pick up, say, in uh, high school football uh, for non-conference games. So we'll, we'll see on that portion. Um, so that was that was one of the bigger news in, in high school uh, from this past week. All of this took place, I um, believe it was... Friday, yeah, it was Friday or Friday morning. This all became official. Um, so now with that, uh, we're gonna move to girls basketball. Now I, I know you guys are wondering. Well, girls basketball is over. You're right. Um, but the South Bend Tribune um, has put out their um, all area honor uh, all all area team um and with that honorable mentions as well uh so the first team um consists of nevea foster from mishawaka marion rashonda jones from south bend washington amia reynolds from south bend washington kira reynolds from south bend washington uh, and samia stouts from elkhart you're going to sense a pattern here very quickly. Um, and then the second team is Julie Okonomu from Penn, Eva Fisher from Northridge, Bria Garber from Fairfield, Zoe Williams from Bethany Christian, and Rhea Wilson from South Bend, Washington. Yeah. Yeah. That's... That's quite a list, and South Bend, Washington has four players that have made the uh, all-area team. Um, and the reason why I brought this up is Lucy Shirk from LaVille, the Pilot News MVP of the Bi-County Tournament, um, has been named a uh, honorable mention. So congratulations to you, Lucy. Uh, you earned it this year. You played very well, and uh, good luck to you, uh, moving forward in your college career. Um, moving on to boys basketball, uh, Goshen News named um, Cade Brenner and Ian Rausch uh, from Northwood as co-players of the year um, after leading uh, the Panthers to their first ever boys state championship this year. Um, and, and with that... Um, their head coach, Aaron Wolf, uh, was named Coach of the Year uh, by the Goshen News as well. Um, so congratulations to those guys. Um, Nor Northwood was um, one of the best teams uh, in in the state, and uh, they proved it this year going 28-2 and winning the 3A state championship. So congratulations to Cade, Ian, and uh, Aaron Wolf. Um, this is um, quite an honor for you guys. So, um, good luck to you guys, uh, to uh, Kate Brenner and Ian Roush uh, for uh, uh, on their college uh, careers. 
uh, and Aaron Wolf. Um, you have a shot to repeat next year. Um, you're losing. Yes, you are losing some talent, but, uh, I mean, sky's the limit at Northwood. So uh, I think they have an opportunity to be um, back at the uh, state championship. All right, so now moving to uh, the NCAA, um, and we're going to go back to last week because, unfortunately, we can't really record a show um, during the week. Um, but last week, uh, the Elite Eight, uh, the second round of Elite Eight happened. And uh, the games were San Diego State. Uh, the first game was San Diego State and Creighton. Um, and San Diego State squeaked by um, the Creighton 57-56. Uh, this game, was it was a great game. Um, so the ads, so here's the last second, last few seconds of uh, of the game. Um, so 6.7 seconds left. San Diego State ball. Uh, they're inbounding um, to, on the sideline nearest their bench. Um, so San Diego State. So if you're kind of looking at it, San Diego State's bench. They're on the op, They're on the other sideline. Inbounding the ball uh, on their side of the court. So, pass goes in, um, and then there was a little flip pass to get it to Darian Trammell, uh, and he dribbled up to the top of the key, kind of let time go down a little bit more, and then drove into uh, the lane and, and went up for kind of a little floater, running jump shot kind of a thing. Uh, looked a little bit more like a floater. Um, but as he went up, um, he was fouled uh, by uh, Creighton guard Ryan Nemhard. Um, and at first, it, it did look like um, one of those where, as an official, you kind of let things just play out. You, you don't make a call because you don't want to be the one that decides the game for either side. Um, but uh, looking back at it now, it was a foul. Uh, it was a foul. Um, his his shot was impeded by the fact that he was kind of off balance due to um, Nemhard kind of Nemhard fouling him. So it was one of those where you could let it go as an official, but it, it was smart by the official to call it because it needed to be called. Um, so, and then Tramiel, and so all of that happened, and that left 1.2 seconds left on the clock. So Tramiel went to the line to shoot two. Uh, he missed the first one um, and then made the second. So he went one for two. And that made the score 57-56. So still 1.2 seconds left. Um, Creighton has to inbound um, from the baseline. Um, this is one of those uh, after a made shot. Um, I believe on this one, the um, inbounding player can run the baseline. I, I, I believe so. I believe that... That was the case here. 
Um, but I could be wrong. Again, this happened a week ago. Um, so Blue Jays player uh, did a full court pass, um, and, and the ball was tipped out of bounds. And it seemed at that point like time expired. Um, but the refs immediately, immediately said, hey, 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 we're going to go to uh, the monitor just to make sure we have uh, the right time on the clock and all of that. So they went to the they went to the monitor um, and it was about a five minute review. Um, and then they deemed that uh, the clock did not stop, did not start um, rather uh, right as the ball was touched. Um, and they decided to call the game. And I learned afterwards that they pulled out a stopwatch to um, get the clock um, to find out how much time was exactly left. And the stopwatch came up with no time left on the clock, and so they decided to not put any more time on the clock and uh, call the game as final. And so that was the final score, um, and it was 57-56. And there was a – so immediately after, a lot of controversy about the game, um, a lot of questioning, do you let the players play uh, as an official or do you call the foul? A lot of people arguing if it was a foul uh, at all. Um, I was one of those in the camp of it wasn't a foul at first, but looking back, yes, it was a foul. And so, um, do I agree with the call? No, even though it was a foul. But I also understand in that moment, you have to call something. Because if you don't, um, it just it just looks bad. Um, now, the, the, the Creighton coach, um, I heard that maybe you can come up with, you can use the argument of, well, if that wasn't a foul through the whole game, then you can't really call that at that moment. Um, with that being true, I don't know if that wasn't called uh, for the whole game, um, but I just know in that moment they did call a foul. Um, and the the, the other uh, Elite Eight game uh, featured Miami and Texas, and Miami came back from a 13-point uh, deficit to beat Texas 88 to 81 for the to um, advance to their first Final Four um, in school history, um, and that that also goes for San Diego State. They also make it to the Final Four for the first time uh, in their history, and it's the first time that a Mountain West team makes the Final Four. Uh, for those basketball, for those college basketball nuts out there. You're probably, you know, saying to yourself, "Hey, um, UNLV made um, the Final Four a lot and won won a few championships." Uh, so that thing that you said about the Mountain West team first Final Four, that's wrong. Um, no, it's right because UNLV was not in the Mountain West Conference during those times. So this is officially the first time that a Mountain West team has made the Final Four. Um, And so um, 
San Diego State will play Florida Atlantic uh, in the first in the first game of the Final Four, and we'll we'll cover the Final Four games uh, here in a bit. Uh, so again, the second game was Miami Texas, um, and the Hurricanes for the game hit two threes. Two. That's it. <laughs> they scored 88 points by shooting by by only making two threes. Um and and they got to the free throw line. They they used the free throw line to their advantage. Uh I mean, you you, you know the old saying of free throws win ball games. That was the case for Miami. Miami used the free throw line to the T. Uh, they went 28 for 32, uh, and they shot 59% for the game. Um, Texas shot 40% and 50 from three. Oh, my bad. Texas shot 40% from three and uh, 50% for the game. And, and Miami shot 59% for the game. So it was a well-scoring um, game. Uh, both teams shot really well from the field. Um, but Miami just had the wherewithal and the, the scrappiness to come back from that 13-point deficit and didn't mail it in uh, and decided to take it to Texas. Uh, and they did, and they came away with the win. So uh, Miami moves on to face UConn now in the second game of the Final Four. Um so we'll cover the women's final four first before we cover the men's. Um, so in the first game of the women's final four, LSU faced Virginia Tech, uh, and that, that was it was a really good game back and forth for most of the game. But uh, LSU ultimately came out of the way with the win over the Hokies to advance to the national championship game, which is today, by the way. Um, so LSU is now thirty-three and two. And Virginia Tech finishes 31 and five, and that's also the most wins in school history for women's basketball. Uh, so, you know, congratulations to the women's team at Virginia Tech. It was a good year. Um, so we'll see if LSU can come away with the national championship. Uh, second game, and this one was a doozy, uh, was Iowa and South Carolina, uh, and this was highly competitive, highly competitive. Um, and a record-setting game. Um, the uh, Hawkeyes took down the number one-seeded Gamecocks, uh, who came who and South Carolina came into the game um, thirty-six and zero, and winners of forty-two consecutive games, uh, dating back to last year. Uh, they had won the national championship too last year, so they were coming off a national championship season and looking to repeat as champions again. Um, but that wasn't the case uh, because Iowa's Caitlin Clark uh, absolutely refused to lose uh, and led all scores um, for the game with 41 points. That is a semifinal, NCAA semifinal record for points. Um, no one's ever scored 41 points in a Final Four game before. Um, and she also had eight assists and six rebounds to go along with that. So just padded the stat book. Absolutely ridiculous. 
And so the national championship is now LSU and Iowa. Uh, Iowa now 31-6, and six, and South Carolina obviously 36-1. and one. And we'll see who wins that national championship today. Uh, my guess is I would lean towards cheering more for Iowa just because I, th- I think they have the opportunity to pull off the, the – I would consider it an upset, but um, it wouldn't be really an upset. Um, just Caitlin Clark for Iowa was just an absolute monster, uh, just pulling up from deep, deep range from three and, and knocking them down. Just the, the, the confidence uh, in her shot was just incredible. Um, so now uh, the men's final four was uh, yesterday. And uh, first game was Florida Atlantic and San Diego State. And Florida Atlantic um, had a opportunity to win, um, but they had the shot blocked in the final seconds. And San Diego State hit a last-second shot. I mean last second. The ball went in with no time on the clock, and San Diego State won 72-71. And they came back from 14 down uh, in the second half. So just an absolute um, absolute great comeback um, by San Diego State. Um, and so San Diego State makes it to um, – the uh, national championship game for the first time ever. Um, and they faced the winner of Miami or UConn, which was the second game. Uh, and the second game was nothing to write home about. Um, I kind of called this one from the start. Um, I I just thought that uh, Miami was not up to tax to uh, playing UConn. And UConn won wire to wire last night. Uh, and they won 72-59. Um, and and here, here's here's the thing about UConn this year for the NCAA tournament. They have won by at least 13 points in every game. The most coming against Gonzaga when they won by 28. So all of their games have not been close. Um, final score-wise. Um, so UConn. Uh, is also 16-0 and against non-conference teams. Uh, the only losses for UConn have come inside of their conference, which is the Big East. Um, and if you're wondering, yes, that's the conference that used to get um, consistently six to eight teams in every single year into the NCAA tournament. And that was when the Big East was uh, the best basketball basketball conference there was. Uh, that was back in the days where the Big East had Notre Dame, uh, Louisville, Syracuse, Pitt, West Virginia, um, Georgetown, Villanova, um, Marquette, St. John's, Rutgers, um, Providence, Seton Hall, DePaul. Uh, I mean, the the conference was just loaded with good teams, um, and it was one of the it was. One of, if not the toughest basketball conferences there was in America at that point. Uh, and that all fell apart. I believe it was 2014 or 2013 when the conference fell apart. And Notre Dame, Syracuse, and Louisville, um, and, and Pitt all left to join the ACC. 
West Virginia dipped to join the Big 12. Um, I believe that was all the changes there were. Um, oh, and South Florida. South Florida left for the American Athletic Conference. Uh, so the, con- the, uh, the the old Big East kind of fell apart, uh, and the only teams that stuck around were Georgetown, Marquette, Villanova, uh, UConn, um, Seton, yeah, Seton Hall, DePaul, Providence, I believe, were the only teams that stuck around and stayed in that conference. Rutgers then joined the Big Ten, um, and so the conference was is not the way it was back in the day. Uh, so UConn is making its uh, fifth national, uh, so looking seeking their fifth national championship uh, in school history. Um, against the Aztecs, and that game is tomorrow night, uh, Monday, and tip-off is scheduled for around 9.20, so a very late tip. I don't know why it's so late. Um, now moving to Notre Dame basketball, um, so it is, it's now official. Uh, Notre Dame has hired Micah Shrewsbury as its, um, uh, as its head coach. He had his first uh, official press conference where they – it was basically, you know, introducing him as the head coach, uh, and he won that. He won the press conference. Uh, he did state that uh, Notre Dame will be competing for national championships in basketball, and uh, uh, he feels that you can win national championships uh, at Notre Dame in basketball, men's basketball. Um, he did stay. Um, he didn't say outright, but he uh, there was a question asked, you know, do you want to play, you know, Purdue, Indiana, Butler, since you're in Indiana? And he was like, we'll play anyone. So he was like, yeah, we want to play. We want to play them. We'll see what it takes to play them. Uh, and then he said he wants he wants Purdue, Indiana, Butler to travel up here to play a game, which would be awesome. That's what fans want uh, at Notre Dame um, to play those big schools. So Notre Dame football, uh, now uh, they got a big time recruit uh, from the three-star offensive lineman Anthony Knapp, um, and and with this recruit, um, this commitment, by the way, um, Notre Dame now has the number three recruiting cl- class in 2024, uh, and that's only behind Georgia and LSU. Um, so big pickup there for the offensive line. And Notre Dame football uh, is in a great place right now, and I think they're going to be just fine um, picking up recruits and all that stuff. I mean, Notre Dame recruits itself for the most part, and um, you just got to be on the top of your game to go to Notre Dame uh, in order to play. And so I I believe Notre Dame is going to be just fine, um, especially this year. Uh, they look very strong, especially with Sam Hartman as quarterback. Um, he has just been lights out in practice, um, especially and, and also the younger quarterbacks too. Uh, Steve Steve Angeli, um, Tyler Buckner, Kenny Minchie, those guys have all stepped up. Um, and I, I also saw something where uh, the defense is not just playing its starters uh, during practice a lot. There's a lot of shared time with, you know, first team, second team, 
you know, 13, whatever, whatever you're, wherever you're at in the, um, in the roster, you're, you're getting playing time on defense. Uh, the defensive coordinator, Al Golden, is just making sure that everyone knows what to do when they get into the game. And I think that's brilliant. That's something Notre Dame has lacked in a, in a while, um, just getting their players all, you know, um, making sure they know what to do every play. That way when they get into the game, there's no confusion. So I, I kudos to the uh, defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Um for making that choice, um, I think that it's just just absolutely brilliant. Uh, NFL news, um, some of the biggest NFL news I, I saw for this week. Um, Philadelphia Eagles were considering picking up uh, former running back from uh, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, he was with the Dallas Cowboys for the longest time, uh, and he was linked to – Philadelphia, but it now looks like Philadelphia has said um, thanks, but no thanks. We're going to go with somebody else. Um, so that kind of leaves Ezekiel Elliott not with a team and, and, and looking for one. Um, and I think if he would have went to Philadelphia, he would have had a great year. And I think uh, Philadelphia has uh, what it takes to win a Super Bowl next year. Uh, not saying they will, not saying they won't, but it, it if they would have picked up uh, Ezekiel Elliott, they would have had a great opportunity to win uh, that Super Bowl this upcoming year. Uh, so with that, um, we're going to wrap things up here. Um, thanks for listening to the podcast. Um, yeah. Um, there will not be a show next week due to Easter. Um, and I'm... Um, going to be hanging out with church friends afterward after uh, church service so there will not be a show next week uh, there will be a show in two weeks from now uh, if there is a show of this upcoming week it would be on a Saturday and not Sunday just so that um, people who do things on Sunday after Easter, can do those things uh, and that way if there is um, a show it can be on a Saturday where not a whole lot of things are going on so if there is a podcast we'll see you guys Saturday uh, if not we'll see you two weeks from now um, so until then so long everybody thanks for listening to the Good Fight Sports Podcast you can find all of our episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts Subscribe to our Patreon page for exclusive benefits for the show. Join us next time for The Good Fight.